Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues today. We're starting off the week in North Dakota. A couple of trips to Fargo, the first of which is right here. Abby Stugglemeyer will talk with Abby and her musing and writing and so on and so forth. You know, I was talking to a friend of mine about my brother's couple's workbook called Two Years After Forever. It's sort of a how-to guide to improve your communication skills, which, as anyone in any relationship knows, is crucial. So as we spoke later in the conversation, I mentioned the book again. Two Years After Forever is the name of the book I told you my brother wrote. She interrupts me and says, oh, oh, your brother's book. I thought you meant a book you borrowed from your brother. Three little words, my brother's book, two interpretations. In Two Years After Forever, there are exercises that help you form better communicative skills to avoid pratfalls like that one. Along with your partner, learning and applying these exercises help you get back on track to why two years ago you pledged a life together forever. Two Years After Forever, twoyearsafterforever.com. Available at Amazon, too, today and forever. Abby Stugglemeyer is our guest from Fargo, North Dakota. One of, I think, three guests this week from North Dakota, or from Fargo. Oh, awesome. Pretty cool town, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Are we you have, born a, we in... have a really cool music scene here. Yeah? You born and raised yeah. there? I am, yes. Yeah? So what did you grow up listening to? Uh, so many different things. I definitely had like a, a depressed little kid music taste <laughs> listening to like like sad emo stuff when I was really little. Um, it took me a while to get into the 80s music. I had that like rebellious. My parents were always listening to it, so I didn't want to listen to it. Um, and now I love it. So I have a little bit of that influence from when I was younger too, 80s music and emo. I, I blame so. Jewel. I blame Jewel for a lot of that, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes. My, my, my daughters were into uh, jewel when they were probably close to your age you know and listening to that and i'm like uh there's a song called daddy that she sings it's really depressing and angry and yeah and, and my my youngest daughter used to sing it to me but she would sing it like daddy like she's gonna rip my eyes out or something the anger, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> are, are you from a musical family are your parents musical uh, my dad played in like jazz band and stuff in high school and middle school. Um, uh -huh. didn't really do anything with it after. And my mom was in band and, and choir and stuff like that as well, but also didn't pursue anything outside of school. So yeah, but yeah. there's there's genetic music in your in your bones, huh? Yeah, I guess a little bit. Yeah. So how about you? When did you get started? What did you start playing, or did you start singing first, or what? Um, kind of all at once, really. Um, I definitely was like singing and writing like little kid songs when I was really small, like early elementary, but I started really? piano lessons first. So um, that was like second grade. And then shortly after I started guitar and vocal and all that stuff. So can you remember that far back to one of the very, very first kid songs you wrote? Kid songs? Yeah. Uh, probably. <laughs> um, I know that I wrote a song called Cinderella. Okay. That I thought was very cool. I would hide in my little like walk-in closet and um, sing in there like it was a recording booth. <laughs> so <laughs> how old I were you? In there. <laughs> how old were you then? Uh, probably fourth grade, I would say. Oh no, like, kidding! Fourth grade, yeah. 
I think it'd be fun because you're really fun. You're a really fun songwriter. I mean, I really like your stuff. I'm, I appreciate we, that. We met uh, earlier this month, and I spent the day after we talked walking around Target looking for gifts for a baby shower, of all things, listening to your songs over and over again for a couple of reasons. We'll get into that a little later on down the, down the road here. Okay. It was a really <laughs> neat sound, and I thought when you said that, I thought, I wonder how it would be that Abby Stugglemeyer now would be if you revisited maybe like Cinderella from yeah. fourth grade, yeah, <laughs> and and try and uh, contemporize it more contemporary contemporize. What's the word? Yeah. Make it more yeah. contemporary. Contemporize, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like that. So you don't just play music, but you do a lot of stuff in music, and that's how you make your living, correct? Yes, yeah. So tell me about that. Um, so I started. I did cover bands like in college, um, uh -huh. and then I continued out of college with. A little bit of a gap with everything shutting down for COVID, of course. Mm -hmm. um, I've had a couple cover bands since then. And then I do my own original music. Um, there's not a whole lot of places in Fargo that will let you do a full set of just your originals. So I jump on that whenever I have an opportunity. Um, and then I also take um, recording clients. That's new for me. I, I majored in audio engineering. So oh, wow. I'll, take, I'll take people who <laughs> want to record stuff and help them and, um, and then teach at Elevate Rock School. So Yeah. So uh, you said that Fargo's not receptive that much to, it's really interesting because across the country in this podcast, I find that there are markets that are like that, that if you, if you don't play covers, get the hell out of here. Or it's if you kind walk of the, in, the venues yeah. are like that. Um, I feel like there's a, a, a big audience who wants to hear your originals. It's just that like, if you want to be paid to play, <laughs> <laughs> you have to play covers for sure. Yeah. So how long would a set be if you walked into, say, the Monkey House and you played uh, a set of originals? Would you be able to do a whole a whole three-hour show or an hour-and-a-half show? What do you do, 45 minutes or what? Um, it would depend on the bar. There's a, a very heavy contractually obligated bar scene here. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Um, we have a we have a, an agency in town um, that books most of the cover bands, and it's a very standard, like, three-hour show from – all our cover bands um mm -hmm. but original shows we have a cool place called the aquarium downtown uh -huh. that will put like multiple band bills up and they get to play like 45 minute all original sets so shout out and the aquarium <laughs> on, on a night like that would you have three bands would you have five bands a little bit of everything some have three um they i know they just did one that had like six or seven on it um it depends on the genre that they're doing yeah. that night and what genre shows up a lot in Fargo for like an open mic or a cover night or not a cover night, a uh, uh, originals night? An originals night. Um, we have a huge country scene and we have a huge metal scene. Really? Yeah. Okay. And uh, not a lot of hip hop or rap? Uh, I know there's there's some underground rap stuff going on from like the colleges around here. Um, mm -hmm. I don't know a whole lot about like the shows that they do for that. I know it's kind of a campus driven thing with our rap scene, but yeah. So I want to talk about your writing skills a little bit, and and, okay. and gonna, we talked about this briefly because I'm gonna, I'm leading up to the first song we're going to hear. All right. Okay. Um. So my daughter and my ex wife, her mommy, were both born on the same day. So when you send me a list of songs to, that you want to discuss, and one of them was April 14th, that's their birthday. And what's funny about this is uh, there's a, a song called Say Something. It's really kind of downer and depressing to me. And it was my ex-wife's ringtone. So, right. So I'm listening <laughs> to the song April 14th. She's already in my head. All right. 
And then I hear the mood to this song or the tone of this song, and it's like, oh my god, not happy. Are you guys, are you guys symbiotically connected or something? It <laughs> is. It is not meant to be a happy. It is not a happy song. song. Not sure. <laughs> but I love how you came upon the title of it. So let's let's talk about the writing process, and then tell me how how you named it. Yeah. Um. So. I know I'll start with the name. I I just didn't want to name it um, something that I was saying over and over. I feel like that song is very repetitive on purpose, but I didn't want the title to be something that they're hearing over and over in the song and just get sick of it. So I wanted to put a twist on it. And I was like, well, I wrote this on April 14th because of the emotions that I was feeling on April 14th. So that's the name. That's why it's called April 14th. So did you lose a goldfish or something? Yeah, absolutely. Flushed it down the toilet, wrote the song immediately, recorded. <laughs> um, <on>. No, <laughs> yeah, that is uh, that is just a heavy song. I I was feeling a lot of feelings and kind of trying to like uh, bring like a dramatization to them to almost uh -huh. make it feel a little bit better. I was losing a lot of my friends in college at that time. Um, they were all graduating when I was a junior. Oh, wow. um, and of course, I loved one of them and um, they all left. Um, and I was saying, like, please don't leave me. I don't want to be here by myself. But also from like the love aspect, like, I don't want you to go and forget about me, but also go be awesome and do your thing. So, yeah, so it's kind of an uplifting song. A little bit. <laughs> when you when you take the personal side of it, not so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it depends. Yeah. Well, uh, I know my experience of it. I, I really enjoyed the song. It hooked me for a number of reasons. It hooked me because of, of course, the title. And it hooked me because of how well-written it is. And I like the production qualities of this song. And it really Thank brought you. me into the emotion of the song. So anytime you can do that, I mean, that's, that's the purpose of this art, right? Is Absolutely. to move people emotionally. And you did that. Pretty cool. Congratulations. I appreciate that. Thank well, you. We're going to give it a listen. A.B. Stugglemeyer, our guest here on the Music of America podcast, and her first song we're going to listen to is a song called April 14th. i 
pretend like I don't want you April 14th with Abby Stugglemeyer from Fargo, North Dakota, here on the Music of America podcast as we kick off our week in North Dakota. Now, I don't like cats. I've had cats. I don't like cats. But now, though, maybe I'd be able to like them again. Kitty's Litter Box, a new innovation to the litter box, takes away a lot of what I disliked about cats, and that's mainly the litter box. Kitty's Litter Box is a completely biodegradable litter system that eliminates the hassle of cleaning out the litter box. You simply open it, and after Kitty has done her business for about 30 days or so, of course you put litter in it, but after she's done her business for about 30 days or so, you just close the box, throw it away. None of the extra cleaning of the litter box. Kitty's litter box makes the ease of cleaning the litter box by eliminating the need to clean the litter box. You just throw it away. So if you love cats, you're going to love your cat even more with Kitty's litter box, available at Kitty's litter box. It's all lowercase, no hyphens, no anything, just Kitty's litterbox.com it's perfect and our guest is abby stugglemar do you have uh, you're smiling at my pun <laughs> i loved it that was great <laughs> thank you thank you uh do you uh do you write comedy um i do if i am throwing away a song <laughs> if oh. i wrote a song that i know is bad i'll make it hilarious and then never return to it and so return- sometimes what do you do with songs that that kind of stall on you? Do you do you stash them and then come back and visit them later, or do you? Um, just... It depends on the song. I, I've never actually like tear out a page in my books. Um, uh-huh. I go like back to back. I have like just piles of notebooks, really, um, and try to remember which one I'm currently on. But um, I, I feel like I have a good memory of like pieces that I want to go back to that I didn't get to finish, um, and I'll I'll dig through them if I feel like I want to put them in something I'm working on now, but. A lot of them die in my notebook, for sure. <laughs> die in the notebook. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> Where they so, rest. The, the songbook graveyard, you know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Funny. 
Um, this is an audio only, so people can't see, but uh, to your right is a keyboard, and then over your right shoulder is uh, one guitar, and over your left shoulder are two more guitars. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, when you start writing, do you just start writing? Like when something strikes you, do you write down lyrics, or do, or do you? does it come in different waves? Do you write music first? And then decide you got to write something to fit that melody or what? Um, I always have to do it together. Um, I don't know what it is. I've tried to do music first. It never goes anywhere. I try to do lyrics first. It never goes anywhere. I have to sit down. I have to go, okay, I have this idea. I don't want to forget it. I'll take like a voice memo if I have like a melody I'm thinking of or something I want to mm -hmm. write about. But I have to be sitting in front of an instrument and I have to do music and lyrics at the same time every time. I just love this. I mean, this is the coolest thing to me about this this whole podcast thing. And what I'm talking to singers and songwriters, and I, I say this ad nauseum, but I could line up a hundred singers and songwriters and say, "How do you do it?" And seventy of them will give me a different way of how they do it. Okay. Yeah. And, and then the sure. other the other thirty will be a variation of what the other seventy said. And it's just so amazing. I had a lady on that wakes up in the middle of the night and has a recorder by her bed. Because if she doesn't, that's, the way to do it. that's where the music comes to her in her sleep. And then she wakes up and then sings into it and boom, done, you know? Yeah, perfect. <laughs> and a lady in Alaska, I love her method. She'll just, uh, she'll be driving down the road and think of something right on the back of a gum wrapper or something or a piece of tissue paper or whatever. And then when she, says, when she says it's time to write, she lays everything out on the table and says, oh, well, this goes with this and this goes with that. <laughs> I love that. That's great. Yeah. But you've creative. got a book. And see, you've got a book. So you'll start yeah. writing something down in a book with guitar or keyboard. What do you usually write with, guitar or keyboard? Um, it depends on the style of song. I feel like when I'm writing like my like my mopier stuff, I'll write at yeah. the keyboard. Um, sometimes I'll I'll start demoing right away. I'll find a song on yes. like on a software and and start playing keyboard that's actually an organ or something like that. But um I don't write with guitar as much as I used to. I definitely used to only write with guitar, but yeah. Do you delve into percussion at all? Um, only when I'm producing. Okay. Um, just fake sounds on my on my software. <laughs> my I'll, I'll pretend. Yeah. Just uh, I think of like Phil Collins. There's so many drummers that music came from there. It starts at the drums. A real good friend of mine from college, uh, his son was in a band, and he wrote most of their songs. He'd go to band practice. First thing he would do is, and he was a I think he played bass and a lead vocalist, and he would sit down at the drums. And that's where we would start writing. I think that's fascinating because that is cool. You know, lyrics and 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 melody don't come from boom, boom. Yeah. Boom. You know, unless you're doing like uh under pressure or something like that, or ice ice baby, you know. Right. <laughs> Absolutely. What kind of novelty stuff have you written? Um what do you mean by novelty? uh funny songs like we talked about or, or okay. commercial jingles or things like that right um i guess funny songs um i'll make fun of myself a lot yeah. like i said if i'm gonna throw it away um if i'm writing something really dramatic um about like a moment that just happened or like something that i'm upset about um and then i realize like oh this is garbage i'm not putting this on an album this is going away I'll I'll get it out of my system by finishing it and making it funny. Uh -huh. um, but it's usually just making fun of myself. It'll start out with like a, a dramatic, like horrific incident that I'm talking about. And then I'll uh -huh. just be like, oh, that's so dumb that you're still worrying about it. And you're writing a song about it. Like, look at you go. Like those kind of songs, I guess. What about like, uh, well, like I think I mentioned Jingle. What about like a, uh, 
an opera or, or show tune or something like that? Have you ever written a musical or something like that? I have not, no. Any any desire to take on a challenge like that? Um, I think it would have to be like a comedy. I'm not like super into to musicals or theater. Um, uh-huh. I don't think that I would be a good fit for writing something like that unless it was like a, a comedy, I suppose, then I would. Yeah. Well, we'll have to talk about my musical I'm working on. Okay. Actually, All right. I'm working. I'm working on two, and I'll talk to you off camera about either of them because I think it would be a really good fit for one, and the other one, no, not at all. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> now, aside, let's talk about something. Uh, you're building a guitar, sort of, right? You sort have a of. Kit? Attempting, well, yeah. <laughs> attempting. So you're not just a singer songwriter. You're a producer, and now you're learning the art of being a luthier, somewhat. Sure. Talk about that a little bit. <laughs> uh, we have a, a friend. Uh, he moved away now, but he used to have a guitar shop. He's a Luthery. Um, and uh, he actually put this kit together. Um, and we were visiting a shop when he was moving. Um, and I said, wow, I don't know why I have this. Like, I'm, I'm going to buy this, I think. Um, I don't know how to do this at all, but I'm just going to buy it. And that was like a year or two ago. Things got really busy and now it's still sitting in my bedroom and I have like the vision of what it's going to look like and the parts uh-huh. I'm going to put on it. And it's just, it's here as like a conversation piece now, I guess. So That's so funny. Uh, a friend of mine just bought, and he used to play in high school. Now he's in his forties and he bought his first new guitar at 40, whatever. Um, it was an old Squire, not old, a brand new Squire. But then he started deciding to get into the workings and now he's refretted it. He's put in different pickups. He's uh, redone just about the whole thing. But he's now I know what I know more about my instrument now. And I think that's yeah. kind of a neat a neat idea. It's kind of like raising a child. You know, you, you yeah. know all about the the things that this particular instrument can do. Yeah, or like Frankenstein yeah. <laughs> putting different pieces together. I think I'd want to do that with an acoustic. Yeah. Um, from scratch, uh, I was really interested. I went to one of those like Taylor demos. We had mm-hmm. something come through like that. And I was so interested in the process of like picking out the wood and like turning it into the body shape you want and the sound it makes and things like that. I was I was pretty inter- interested in that. So now you also mentioned that you're doing recording for people. Yeah, uh, that is new. I definitely should have started that a long time ago, but I've got a couple people I've done so far. So do you have a, a place set up at your house that's a recording studio or do you have a studio that you rent or you just go in to a certain studio and you produce for them? How's that work? Um, it depends on who it is. I had a girl come in who wanted to record um, just vocals over a karaoke track for a wedding. Uh-huh. Um, and that we just did in my own space. But um, yeah, full band. I, I recorded a band called The Empties. They're like a, a punk rock band. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just did that at um, my boyfriend's house. <laughs> I live in an apartment, so I have uh-huh. to borrow houses, but yeah. What, any any designs to go that direction more, or do you prefer performing more? Do you prefer write, prefer prefer? Do you prefer writing more than performing, or performing more than production? Or what do you like the most? Um, I kind of it's all pretty equal to me. I, I absolutely love the engineering side of things. Um, obviously, the process of recording a full band is not my favorite. It's exciting after they leave, and I get to like mix it and produce it i like that part a lot um i don't like live sound that's the only thing that i'm that i'm very like don't ask me to do that like i'll do it but i would prefer not to but performing and songwriting and um producing and all that i think are pretty equal to me and back to the performing now uh, because it's hard to play original music and that's all we're featuring today is original music 
Right. When you do a cover band, and you say you're doing this for a living, right? You're, you're doing music for a living. So the teaching, I'm yeah. sure, takes care of a lot of it, but you've got to make extra money doing the performance stuff. So how often in Fargo can you play or do you stay, do you go outside of Fargo? But how often? Uh, outside, you... kind of play yeah. all over. Yeah. Yeah. How far out do you travel usually? Um, the furthest out that I've gone, I think would be Botno, North Dakota. Or no, Williston. That was seven hours away. Seven oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, seven got hours a band away. van. So, <laughs> huh? Got a band van to take. So, <laughs> band van. <laughs> do, you, do you travel with people when you go or just your boyfriend or what? Uh, it's usually not, my boyfriend is usually not there. Um, it's just my, my band full of band guys. Um, we used to travel separate. We'd like carpool in a couple different cars, but then yeah. I got the van, uh, a little bit right before we started getting every weekend. That was like a year or two ago now. Um, so yeah, we, now we travel together as well. So what's the band's name? Uh, this cover band is called fourth wave. Um, I used to be in a cover band called Juice Box, and then before that, I was in like a nameless one. <laughs> so yeah. So tell us, give a shout out to your bandmates. Who's uh, who's in Fourth Wave? Uh, right now we have Dalton, our bass player, and then Will, our drummer, um, and Ryan Wildman is our guitar player right now. Mm -hmm. Do you play too? Yep. Yeah. I um, my cover band. I only play guitar and sing. Uh -huh. um, but when we do originals, I've got my guitar and piano on stage with me. I got you. Do you use any uh, like loop stations or effects like the echo boxes or whatever those things are? Those chorus pedals, you know, that, that make you make everybody sound like the Eagles, but not. Yeah, <laughs> I've definitely seen people use those live. I do not use those myself, though. Yeah. So speaking of songs and and I mean, what you're presenting right now is a very uplifting personality. Okay. Uh, Fooled Me, April 14th are both kind of sad songs. Yeah. So how, how's that contrast play about? How's that come about? Um, I feel like uh, a while ago, I want to mention this a while ago, we do something called Writer's Rounds here um, at Murphy's Pub. And um, what they do is our friend Zach Thomas um, will grab a couple artists and we'll talk about our songs and we'll go back to forth. We do it like inspired by like the Nashville songwriters tables and things like that uh -huh. um but someone asked me how do you write such sad songs and i jokingly but also a little bit serious just said you know i just experience things that give me incredible pain and i write about them <laughs> so <laughs> that is that is how i came up with such sad songs <laughs> so who fooled you and fooled me who fooled me um an ex-boyfriend yeah. really fooled me um there's actually i can talk about that that's fine it was on valentine's day um four years ago now oh no um and it was a situation where we had um broken up a couple days before valentine's day had made valentine's day plans like just a tragic like all right i guess i'm by myself on valentine's day um but i lived in a house as a college house as a senior in college mm -hmm. um and uh, i had two other girls that lived with me at that time. And we decided to just like all be single and by ourselves on Valentine's day, but they all didn't want to stay up as late as I did. So I was up still drinking this bottle of wine that we opened. And um, <laughs> I wrote that song angry about the breakup. So there you go. Well, yeah. the, song, <laughs> the song kind of says it all. It, yeah, it does. <laughs> it really does. And you don't even have to drink a bottle of wine to get it. So, this, nope. <laughs> Abby Stugglemeyer is our guest here from Fargo on the Music of America podcast. And her next song we're going to listen to, Fooled Me.
Stugglemeyer here on the Music of America podcast. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. We'll talk about Abby's last song in just a moment, but I want to first talk about B Normus Productions. That's B as in the letter B, A B, B Normus. B Normus Productions has been producing and recording music and videos for over 20 years. After years as a performer, the owner, Van Vierhoeven, decided to get back to that which he loves most production. After tutelage under Jordan Valeria, he opened up his own place in Millican, Colorado. High-end instruments, high-end tools on hand to make your sound compete with that of your favorite records. He's got one goal in mind, and that's for you to look and sound as professional as possible. So go make some records. Go make some videos. Be Normous Productions. www.benormousproductions or on Facebook, Be Normous Productions. 
probably shouldn't have done that commercial since you're in the production business now, Abby. Advertise me? <laughs> Absolutely. You know, get on the show. We'll talk about that after the show, too. But yeah. Okay, I mean, great. Uh, <laughs> I mean, uh, uh, Van was a really good interview. He was a fun guy. I mean, he, and we talked about, we actually we talked about his music, but we didn't showcase his music. We showcased three of the bands that he produced. Oh, sweet. Kind of show the the diversity and what he did in this song, what he did in that song. It's really neat. I'd be more than happy to do that with you as well. Yeah, Except that's very cool. Next year, because now you're on this year. Next year, yeah. we'll have you on as the producer, because next year you'll have won all these gold records for producing, right? Yeah, hopefully with my own album, too. <laughs> and, you know, and yet you produced your yeah. own album and, and won, gold, won gold as producer, singer, songwriter. You'll sweep yeah. the Grammys. There yeah. You go. Congratulations. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Just, just remember, it all began here. Yeah. <laughs> so that's, that's uh, before we get into your last song, Death by Mirrors, uh, I was, I'm curious about a couple of things. My brother hit me up with this question the other day, and I thought it was a really good question, and I'm going to be working it into the show pretty regularly. When do you know a song is done? When you're doing production, when do you know it's done? I think production-wise, um, I listen to it. I'm a little bit obsessed with like listening to it on different forms, so I'll listen to it in my car. I'll listen to it in a friend's car. I'll listen to it on my speakers and here and headphones, and if I can hear everything that I want to hear um, all at the same time in all of those different speakers, I think that's when I know it's done. Um, but I also have to kind of feel like that's exactly how it sounded in my head from a songwriter's aspect um, compared to the mix. So, yeah, I guess after all of those boxes are checked, that's yeah. done for me. <laughs> well, that was, that was going to be my next question is do you switch hats? Because you have to listen as an audience, like potential yeah. fan or a listener. You have to listen as the writer. Like, is this yeah. really saying what I am? Am I overdoing my production here? You yeah. know? And then as a producer, you're going to say, Man, it needs strings. It needs strings, you know? <laughs> yeah. 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 I feel like I do. I definitely flip hats on that. Um, I think the only time that I struggle to to go back and forth is when I'm recording my own vocals. Oh, really? um, because from a producer and engineer aspect, I'm looking at, I'm watching the volume. I'm watching like the waveforms and all that. And I'm going, oh man, I'm singing too low or like, oh man, this is way too hot. I need to turn down. Um, and I, I get self-conscious about like, am I overdoing this? Am I going to have to put a DS on this immediately? Am I out of tune? Like I'm, I'm overthinking so many things while I'm doing my own vocals. And that definitely takes me the longest to, to switch over. Have you gone to an outside studio to record? I Just did. to see how they do it? Yeah, so I did once. Um, I had this opportunity to visit um, Creative Art Studios in Fargo, and they uh -huh. recorded just some like demo like things with just me and my guitar for me. Um, and I, I feel like I appreciated their process. I definitely learned um, that with my own music and other people's originals, I'd like to go more in depth and let them um, let them make sure that they feel all the emotions while they're singing it. And I don't want it to be too robotic and and start and stop and things like that. So. Um, I don't know. I definitely want to go to some more studios. I was meant to go to some studios in Nashville um, before my senior year of college. Um, I had a cool little trip there and wanted to scope out some internships, but then COVID happened like right away. So, oh. <laughs> Did you get a chance to record while you were down there? I did not. I got to sing at the Bluebird, which was very cool. Oh, that's cool. An experience for me, um, but no studios. Got to drive you... by them and <laughs> not see them. Did you do a song or did you do a whole set? Um, I got to do a song. I, I pushed myself into their, um, is it like an open mic night or yeah. whatever they name it? Um, and I only got to do one song. 
Um, still a little bit bitter. They had like a, a little bit extra time and they just drew names out of a half for who gets to do a second one. Oh, wow. <laughs> and that's not me. <laughs> so. oh. <laughs> that's kind of fun though. Do you have uh, anybody there with you that could get that capture that on video by chance? I do have a video. Yep. Uh, my mom and dad were with me. So that oh, was very fun. fun. Yeah. How do they, how do they feel about you going? I mean, cause music is a very dangerous, you know, you know not dangerous, but you know, it's a, uh, it's, it's a tough business. It's a tough profession to pursue. Yeah. You know, it is. Um, I know that they, they're very supportive. I appreciate their support. They come to my cover band gigs and they stay till 2 a.m. Um, and they, I give them my set list and ask them to record specific songs if I'm doing originals. Um, and they're just, they're very supportive in that way. And I really appreciate it. Have you ever shot a music video? No, I'm saying shot a music video as opposed to videoing a, a song, you know, like, right. You're at the the do drop in and you do your cover of nobody knows, you know. Yeah, that's that's not the same. Actually, shooting a music video, have you done that? Um, I haven't. I wanted to for Death by Mirrors. Um, yeah. I had this whole idea, and then um, a lot of stuff kind of like fell through, and I had to uh, re-record a lot of things and change the vision of it a little bit. Um, but I would like to. Um, my album is going to be out this year. We're hoping and. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would like to choose a couple songs to do a music That's, video. It's so for. funny because you picked up by mirrors. I picked up by mirrors. And I have yeah? this image <laughs> of you being almost like in a fun house and knowing what we know about how tragic you are, you know? <laughs> yeah, the drama. <laughs> you're punching or you're taking a hammer and you're smashing the mirror every time you see your face. Yeah. That's really, a good one. You know, that, it that, started that, out. Uh, it started out a lot creepier. Um, I have like little clips we were going to put together of me walking with um we did kind of like a like a vigil vibe a little bit like we were holding candles and had candles yeah. laid out um something like that in the in the middle of the woods so don't tell the fire department about that um but we <laughs> had a lot of candles burning in the woods and um I just decided that was like not the vision that I wanted anymore for it so we didn't release a video but um yeah the definitely the more angry vibe now um i like the the vision of of crashing mirrors is good um i i might use that i'll give you credit there we go <laughs> just, just, give, just give me a byline on the credits at the end you know yeah, inspired yes. by music of america podcast Tom. Huh? yeah <laughs> yes <laughs> so what's the song about uh it's about so many different things um i think like broad view it's just about being angry at society for all the pressure that they put on everyone, not even just women. I feel like people um, assume that it's just girls that deal with body image struggle and um, the pressure to look a certain way. But I feel like everyone kind of experiences that a little bit. And um, it's it's about that, but it's also just about watching certain people that I know in my life go through things like that and in my own struggles myself with um, just feeling pressure to look a certain way or be a certain way. And I tried to put it all into a song. Um, it also started out with like, uh, the idea came to me with like, people can die from this. Like, if you don't feed yourself food, you can die. And that's what really? gave us like the spooky vibe. Um, and then it turned into a little bit, a little bit more depth than just terrifying people with sounds that I used. <laughs> so <laughs> it's a really neat song. It really displays your talent, I think, as as a songwriter. Thank you. Yeah. And what, now, what's weird, how it came across to me when you sent it to me, it was just titled DMB. Yeah, right. Yes. <laughs> you know, or DBM, DBM, Death by Mirror. Yeah. And so I thought it was Death by Mirror. Like, I don't want to listen to that. <laughs> nope. It's killing your ex-lover or something. Like, I don't know if I want to listen to this or that. Too it's violent. Really, <laughs> too violent. No, that's fun. Uh, so you, uh, And that's cool because you've, you've got limits on yourself, you know, because there are some dark people. I had to 
I won't say who it is, but a guy on here one time, and he writes these really good lyrics, but they're really, really dark. And I asked him, I said, uh, where's that come from? He goes, well, my father was really abusive. My mom's a raging alcoholic. Now, he, he said that in the interview, and then he writes me back later. He goes, can we edit that part out of the podcast? Yeah, can we take that out, Yes. <laughs> Probably not a good idea. I call my mom a raging alcoholic, though. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty funny. Well, the, the song is called Death by Mirrors. Our guest is A.B. Stugglemeyer from Fargo, North Dakota. And we'll give it a list right now here on the Music of America podcast. Mirrors with Abby Stugglemeyer 
from Fargo, North Dakota. Abby, this time always goes by so fast when you have somebody with this much energy and this much creativity. And it's just really been a lot of fun. So uh, this section of the show we call Shameless Self-Promotion. This is where you tell us how we help you. Tell us how we can uh, get time in your studio, how we can buy your merch, buy your music, support you at a show. Tell us, Tell us everything. Yeah, um, before I forget, I'm part of the Grendel Brewery um, that Fargo does at, um, it's called The Hall at Fargo Brewing. Um, and so what they do is they try to do the Grendel Brewery um, like the Opry. Like the Grendel <laughs> Opry, um, okay. Yeah, so it like mimics it, um, except it's Fargo's version of it. Um, and it's usually all country acts, but they have asked me to be on it as well, which is an honor. I feel like um, it's a little bit hard to find place for my music in in Fargo for shows like that. So I'm excited to do that. That's on March 30th. Um, you can buy tickets at jadepresents.com. That's awesome. Is that an annual thing or is it an ongoing show? Uh, they've been doing it every, I think it's been twice a year, every six months so far. Oh, okay. With different artists. So. I got a friend of mine that does a, a country show up outside of Peoria, Illinois. And it's, okay. I think it's, it's once a month. So it's kind of neat. It's uh, uh, a lot of retired people live in like this very nice trailered community. Okay. And in that community, they've got a community hall, and he does a show. And it's country music for like two and a half hours, but it gives people something to do. And I think they do it every every four weeks, every every month, or every six weeks Very or something cool. like that. And it's really neat, you know. So, all right, keep going. What, what else can we do? Where else can we find um, Stream my music, please. I'm on everything. I've got the three singles out right now, and very soon this year, you're going to see my full album. Um, so When's that, that coming out? When will that come out? I don't have an exact month yet, but I would like to um, definitely either this summer or by the end of the year have it out. I'm so okay. close, but like we talked about before, I'm really struggling with um, recording my own vocals and not uh, not viewing it as a songwriter while I record it. So yeah. that's all I've got left. And then we're going to master it and send it off. So stay tuned. Follow my social media so you can see that. Um, I'm on Instagram and Facebook. Um, I believe they're both Abby Stugelmeyer Music. On um, yeah, on both of those, and it's then S T U G E L M A Y E R Stugelmeyer. Yes, yeah, pretty much like it sounds. It, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, I agree. Um, yeah, and then I have holographic stickers. I don't talk about it a lot, but I don't have T-shirts or anything yet. But I have holographic stickers with my face on it. If anyone wants those, that's awesome. I have a bathroom door in our house in Vermont, and or two bathroom doors. There, one's a regular door, and one's one of. Uh, barn doors or whatever it slides covered with stickers of bands that we've seen oh i'll have to send you mine yeah we always we always well make me buy them that's what we do we go to shows we buy we buy we buy hats we buy t-shirts we buy cds because that's how you guys make a living you know it's true yeah. yeah fully fully supportive of that one other thing too it's abby a b b y not a b b e y so if they're looking for you on your social it's abby yeah. stugelmeyer music yep and website um, I have a link tree that like, just compiles everything. I don't have like an exact website, but. Okay. But they can find you through socials and all that. Yeah, right? absolutely. Yeah. Awesome. Well, good luck to you. Good luck on uh, uh, the Grandel Brewery or whatever. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Grandel Brewery. <laughs> Sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, let's yeah. get together and corroborate on one of those musicals we talked about off camera. That absolutely, would be fun. Yes. Abby Stugelmeyer, our guest here from Fargo, North Dakota. Up next, we stay in Fargo. We'll listen to another solo singer-songwriter, Mike Morse, like Morse Code, tomorrow here on the Music of America podcast. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com. 
or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.